I said, okay, how can I create some sort of a business that I can bankroll my art, which I think a lot of artists, you know, attempt to do. Welcome to the new Nomad podcast, hosted by Alan and Andrew of Insured Nomads. Join us as Alan and Andrew interview and explore the community of people and ideas that embody the nomadic spirit. Tune in to incredible discussions with thought leaders each week that will help you take full advantage of the cross-border remote work lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome to the new Nomad Podcast. We have a really interesting guest today. Kia Orion is going to talk to us about Beat School. And what you think about Beat School is kind of interesting is most of our conversations on this podcast have been about people have gone to do remote work. But many of you remote workers are remote learners. And he's going to talk about learning music, audio production, et cetera. And I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation. And, and even during this period of time, during the pandemic, when you know we're home, you, I've heard of people like learning how to paint, how to write, you know, how to do a lot of different things. So before we get too far deep into that, I'm going to bring in my co-host, Andrew Jernigan. Andrew, I know you've learned online for many different things. What's your thoughts on online learning, expanding your horizons, and every day adding something a little bit more to that intellectual capital? Well, I know that I recently learned that 20% of the sugar in the world comes from beets. So I'm really interested. Uh, Gardening, people are learning new things with gardening, with growing things. So beet school, this is going to be good, you know? I was just shocked with that recent learning. Twenty <laughs> percent of the sugar in the world comes from beets. Oh my God! Okay, I know this. That Kia coming in talking to us about learning new things is not about that red veggie. It's a really nice thing. I mean, you know, as I think about getting away from this computer and stimulating the intellect and creativity in new ways, we're going to learn how to wake, make up the beat today. Well. I, first off, I'm almost dumbfounded by that opening gambit, Andrew. Uh, it must be a Friday that we're doing this podcast. I'll just leave it at that for our audience out there. Let's bring in Kia. And, you know, Kia is in Mexico City today. He's traveled around the world. Welcome. Welcome to the uh, the podcast. You know, really interesting, your background. Why don't you share a little bit of your, your background before we kind of get into a lot of the gory details? Of course, Alan and Andrew, thank you so much for having me. Thank you to the audience for listening to the episode. And you guys have actually kind of knocked it out of the park already um, in terms of the setup, because I would say my entire nomad experience would fall, I'd say, almost more under remote learning than anything. It's been the most eye-opening journey the last three years. I celebrated my third year abroad this month. So, but learning in so many ways, that was the impetus actually to start it off was, long story short, was working as a, a substitute teacher and a bartender in Philly, West Philly, and was trying to work these odds and ends for jobs to make money to support my art and was maybe maybe got a little bit too gung-ho about the four-hour work week and a Gary V podcast or two and figured how can I really leverage living minimally so that I can free up more of that time and, you know, in terms of resources. And then I said, where are people building online businesses? And rather than getting paying money for an MBA or something, I figured I would do a tropical MBA where I would say, I'll just go, I'm a guy, I got to taste things. I got to be in 
I got to be in it. So sure. I learned that uh, there's a place in Thailand in Northern Thailand called Chiang Mai, where there happened to be a big community of people running remote businesses. And so I sold everything that wasn't bolted to the floor of the apartment. And with about a thousand dollars in the bank account, bought a one-way ticket to Thailand and just started networking, learning from people, failing, trying to start a lot of businesses, failing at all of them. And until you just beat your head against the wall long enough and it clicks. And uh, three years later, here we are. So, so your interest in music and, and and by the way, later on in the podcast, we'll give people an opportunity to, to find uh, your music. Uh, sure. So tell us about that journey too. And your love of that. So many people aspire to be yes. musicians, but most of them have voices like me. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be a hopeless experience and no musical ability at, in any other way. Alan, for what it's worth, I wouldn't say I have a great voice either. The key is like anything with online businesses is, is there's a million ways to approach it. And so when I was in Philly and, and really trying to, to make music, I, I started in jazz band playing alto saxophone in high school. Loved it. I grew up in kind of the like Napster, LimeWire era. If you have any older listeners, they'll understand that. But it was like very much like underground hip hop for a long time. I was really into hip hop and rap. And then eventually, because I didn't have anyone to make beats for me, learned how to make the beats for myself, for my own, for my own art. And along the way, never quite figured out how to make a living off of the music itself. And these days, there are so many ways to do it. I'm much wiser, but I said, okay, how can I create some sort of a business that I can bankroll my art sure. with, which I think a lot of artists, you know, attempt to do and do successfully. You kind of have your, whatever it is, your, your baby, your art, but then you can monetize something else in order to, to fund it. And so I tried all of the nomad things. I tried a drop shipping store, selling fly fishing rods and like glasses for triathletes and all these other types of nomad things that none of them fit. And I said, how can I build a business around what I really love? Sure. I love teaching. My dad was a middle school science teacher. So I said, it's in my blood. And no matter how big I could build my brand for my own music, I always knew there's something about teaching or empowering others with the craft that I'll do forever, no matter what the medium looks like, because I'm just passionate about it. So it took some trial and error to find, kind of figure out first, I was selling beats to rappers and that was okay. Didn't love it. They weren't great clients and then ended up figuring out the people that actually, it was much more lucrative if I actually taught people how to make the music rather than selling the music directly to consumers. So that's kind of how the beat school uh, started. You can do this from anywhere. Yeah. And so that was the piece too, Andrew, it's a good point. I heard this really cool quote the other day. I'm going to butcher it, but it's pretty much the idea that it's, it's less about intellect, raw intellect, and more about awareness. And I think for me, speaking about remote learning, that was a huge piece about just being abroad and being in kind of these communities with online entrepreneurs as well, is that you don't even realize, I grew up in a small town in upstate New York, you don't even realize, you don't know what you don't know. And so it wasn't until I got to Chiang Mai and really started to like, see what was possible. That's like, you're like, that's an option. Like, I didn't even know that you could do that. And so thinking outside the box, rather than teaching music lessons one-on-one, -on -one, because again, that takes time and, and it can be kind of hard to quantify. There's a, the ceiling can only be so high on kind of those hourly lessons that instead I said, okay, I'm going to approach this music thing from sort of the online entrepreneurship space of coaching courses, digital products. That's been kind of the journey as well, learning online marketing and approaching it kind of from a different angle. So online teaching versus a student sitting That's, right with exactly. you there. What are some of the challenges for both you as the teacher and as the student? Because I assume that you, you help them fine tune what they need to do and then they go back and practice right, and thousand. then you come back. How and does that work? You must be a pro with this, Alan. That's that's exactly it. You, you nailed it. I think I think part of it when anyone's starting a, 
any sort of a course or coaching program, I think you really want to figure out the access to you because that's really what people pay for. And honestly, everyone knows you can learn anything you want through YouTube. Like it's just going to take you a while to kind of like put together this kind of Frankenstein piece. And there's something we said for accountability. That's why people have personal trainers. There's something we said about being able to shortcut that process from someone who's done it before, made the mistakes. So you don't have to. And so as someone who did make all the mistakes as an independent learner, I was like, man, I wish there were all these things that I'd known. Ellen, you're a thousand percent right. That's exactly what the, my approach to it is less about just trying to sell an online course and more about how can I create some sort of a program that's scalable, but also has touch points with a coach sure. or with me or, or with people so that there's that, the, the piece of the online course that I really think are online programs on the education period is that accountability piece is huge and yep. the feedback piece is huge. So, yep. so that I, I didn't start it that way. I started and like I said, I failed a lot of times, started products, didn't work. And then I said, Oh, how can I dial in those two things? And that's when I started to see the momentum with the programs. I remember a few years back, everybody's like, well, 10,000 hours, yes. remember all those things. Yeah, of course. And got everybody all worried, like, my God, to learn how to play the guitar <laughs> yes. or, you know, it would be 10,000 hours, but you provide some shortcuts to that. And of course, a lot of people, the 10,000 hours, if you want to be a master, I think a lot right. of people that probably reach out to you are like, I would just like to make my own music heard or, you know, do something that makes me feel happy. It, what, what is most of the rationale that you see for, for people on their musical pursuits? You must have been doing this for a while, man, because you've been nailing it, man. Um, yeah, a thousand. That's that's exactly it. It's people. Some kids are like, hey, Kia, I, I want to be a rock star. And so I want to make my own beats. I said, OK, uh, let, I'll help you make your beats. But a lot of times it tends to be actually like guys that are have more of an ability to pursue the hobby because especially when you're starting out, like you said, with the shortcuts, it feels like there's a lot of pieces almost working against you, like any new scale, honestly. It's always going to be the steepest climb right at the beginning. You're going to be the worst at it. You just don't know what you're doing. You've got to have that time to kind of just be crappy at it. And I think having someone that can kind of help you through those growing pains, that's really the proposition. You know, that's the value prop of the program is, okay, I can help you ease that because that's what all, you know, business is. You're solving problems. I'll help you ease that pain and, and let you know kind of what, what we can do to kind of shortcut that process. So you can get to actually having fun making your music. And man, like you said, guitar or anything like 10,000 hours, if you want to be a master, but another really interesting piece I found is that art is subjective. I'd be curious how many like Juilliard graduates are like rock stars compared to like, there's a kid who's like 17 making beats on like a cracked version of the software that just gets it popping because he knows how to leverage marketing and network. And so I, I try to let people know that it doesn't have to be a 10,000 hour time investment. It can, if you want to pursue the craft, but there are ways to get you where you want to go faster without it having to seem like this huge slog for years and years. Wow. Okay. Music has changed over time. I must say when back in 2018, you know, the Mia Moore and the Holy Water and some of that stuff, that's a lot different than what you're putting out today. You know, the quarantine joint volume three, that one, the lead me on was my favorite. You know, you gotta go to Kia Orion's Instagram, his Spotify, listen to some beats when you know somebody, you know, it's just, Get to know the different layers of the person. You said you don't sing, but have you been musical and creative forever or is this a recent? Andrew, first of all, I appreciate you even listening to the songs, man, and going back and even knowing my name. You're the man. You're right. It was for a long time. It was just the beats. Maybe an insecurity, maybe as artists, as an artist, that's kind of the fine balance that you walk is it's insecurity and ego that you're like, how come 
only my mom thinks this is great. And at the same time you make a track and you're like, I should probably just stop because it's all, no, but it's, it it's great. It, it, well, here, there. There well, is here's the thing. This is where I'd actually push back on it a little bit. I'd say agree to disagree, but maybe a different perspective saying the same thing. I think a lot of the piece of talent, I, one of my favorite books, it's called Talent is Overrated, is this idea of it being a more of a practice than it is like a like a God-given skill or someone who's like, you are an artist and a creator. I think a lot of us have this in us, but a big piece of it for me was approaching it and just giving myself, like I said before, treating it more like a daily practice and just understand it's a game of numbers. You create a lot and you're going to make a lot of terrible stuff. And like that, that's okay. Nobody just creates gold every single yeah. time. And so that has been a huge piece of it. It's just like that liberty to say, okay, I'll make some stuff that's terrible, but you don't just wake up one day and have that inspiration. You stumble on the gems, but you got to yeah. give yourself the opportunity to even stumble on them. So that's kind of how it happened. It's interesting because, you know, one of the things that you had on your, your website was measure life by how much fun you're having. And obviously Ooh. you're having fun. And I think that that's the most part. I mean, like you said, art is subjective and inspiration comes from a lot of different ways. I mean, you hear about these famous songs that were written when somebody yes. was asleep and then yes. they woke up and on the edge of their bed, they wrote it on the napkin. You just never know what's going to hit you. And that's where I think just even exploring this, if, you know, you're a remote worker, nomad out there and you're like, I just want to mess around with this. Who knows? You might have some sort of inspiration that Kia helps you with that something amazing comes from it, right? Speaking of how much fun you're having, a lot of the times we get caught up in how lucrative it needs to be or follower counts or whatever it is. And so for me, I realized the quick wins that I could have when I was doing the fly fishing rounds, et cetera, et cetera, would be much more lucrative, much quicker, but that it wasn't sustainable because I really think the true power that you can have sometimes is if you play that long game of just like, how can I do something that I enjoy on the day to day? If you're in it just for the money, listen, more power to you if you can make it work. But I found for myself, and I've seen it often that it's hard to keep that energy, the excitement for something, if that's your only motivation. And so when it comes to remote work, I think a lot of times there are these really cool opportunities for people to create courses, programs, products, solve problems around things that they're already passionate about, excited about. It makes it that long journey seem yeah. almost irrelevant because you're just enjoying the process so much that it's like whether or not you end up at that final destination doesn't really matter because you've you're already doing what you love. And I think that's where we sometimes get caught. And I'll, I'll, I'll speak with friends that financially doing much better than I am, but I know that feeling, man, working years, you know, when you have to drag your butt to work and Sunday evening comes around to get that, that like Sunday evening depression. Yeah. I'm just feeling like a big part of what this nomad journey was, was simplifying a yep. lot of things. What do I really need? Really dialing it in. What do I need to live in terms of money? This is for our work week to you know yep. to the test for your if you're honest so they know. And then how can I make that happen? And I think it's hard, but if you're willing to commit to it in terms of your long-term happiness, I think it's worth it. Well, you know, the thing about money, which I find interesting, is through family friends, we got to have a dinner with the Fountains of Wayne, who uh my actually my brother-in-law was their RA at college, two of the guys. And we so we had dinner and they played a concert and then we went over and had some drinks with them, and they're like, you know, I said, how hard is this to make money? 
Because there are no men, you know, Stacy's mom. And of course, unfortunately, Adam Schlesinger passed away last year with COVID, mm. a tremendous wow. person at what Academy Awards. But his comment was, just to give you an idea how this works, we make money for performance. But last year, we made more money selling one of our songs to a Korean tire company for their advertising campaign than we did everything else. And he says, you just got to pick your spots. So I was just thinking, you know, one of the beats that you create or somebody creates could be picked up who knows where. And that's one of the hard things about the music industry is you don't even know where it's going to resonate, correct? Yes. And and man, you nailed it, Alan. I think that's a piece of it too, is it feels like we need huge audiences in order to monetize this. And actually, I've been working a lot recently on my own marketing for my own music, not just the beats, but my own music. That's where it always starts is that kind of small audience. You don't expect to just do one song to get cracking. And then even if it does, a big piece, I think, for creators is, and this is something I've been working on myself, is to have opportunities for people to support you, whether that's merch, whether that's some sort of a membership program. If you approach it like a digital marketer, there's so many opportunities to create really cool experiences for people. You don't need a thousand a bajillion fans to make it work. It's interesting as I hear this, I think a lot of times it's a question of, would you do it if you're not going to be famous for it? Right. If no one even knows you're behind it, even in the simple thing, would you write a poem even if you knew no one is going to read it? Would you do the things in life that you need to do even if no one's watching and no one knows you did it? We need to write the poetry. We need to read the book. We need to write the book. We need to sing the song. We need to awaken from within and do it even if no one knows we did it. A thousand. Andrew, I couldn't say it any better, man. It's about your own happiness and joy that you get from the craft. And listen, from a guy who's had a lot of years of nobody listening to music, and it's not even like I'm some rock star yet too. So, you know, I'm still still building up my audience. But again, the record label that I released these under, it's called When and Where because that's really what I believe it. If you're in it for the right reasons, if you're in it to be famous, if you're in it for those things, your rewards don't seem quite as immediate, but if you're in it because you really love it, you love the craft, the older I get to realize, the faster it goes of just like, if I can just spend my time doing things that feel meaningful and purposeful, then that's a good day. Anything else that comes from those things, yes, you want to be intentional, takes a lot of time to market, et cetera, but like anything else is just bonus if you can spend your time doing what you love, that's really the win. And then all the other stuff is just icing on the cake. That's perfect. And and well said too. So we ask uh, all of our guests to really share with us maybe an overlooked person, place, or experience you would suggest that our listeners discover. And you've obviously been to a lot of unique places and, and obviously not just places, but you've had a lot of unique experiences. Care to share one or two with us? Absolutely. Y'all, thank you um, for the the opportunity for this. I've got a lot. So like you said, I'll try to boil it down. I think in terms of experiences, this might not be exactly what you were looking for, Alan, but the idea of just getting outside of your home country, whatever that is, just because there's so much that you don't even realize is kind of like programming in the back of your mind that's just invisible to you. I think that is huge. If you're like on the fence about like, I kind of want to go for it. Don't like, you don't have to go totally bullish the wall. Like I did and just drop everything, like test it out. Like even that's on some four hour work week tip too. give it a shot, test it out for a couple weeks, see if you even like it. But I guarantee that having some sort of experience outside of your self, outside of your culture, for me, that it has been one of the most 
the biggest game changers for me ever. Just because again, the awareness piece, you don't realize that things function differently. You don't even realize you're in the matrix. I had a, a business coach that he said, you can't read the ingredients from inside the jar. And that really resonated with me. That I was like, man, that makes so much sense. Like, so if you're on the verge, that'd be my big, in terms of experience, no matter what the experience is, you're going to learn from it. So just go have an experience period. And then in terms of places that were overlooked, in my journey, I loved Da Nang in Vietnam. I thought that was uh, a city that's kind of overlooked. They're, they're the two big cities. Da Nang, I really enjoyed. And then in terms of on this side of the world, um, I've really enjoyed my time here in Mexico. And so Mexico City, there's there's a lot going on. Food is good, good weather. The people are super sweet. It's not like that's a hidden gem. People know that. But I think the big takeaway is just push yourself a little bit outside your comfort zone and try it and just go for it. If you're on the fence, it, it's completely changed my life. Okay. People have heard about you, heard your perspectives. Some folks are ready to reach out and say, I, I want to know more. I know right now you're in Mexico City and next, I think, what's your next international destination? After you, you've got two countries on your list next, I think, right? Yes. So I'll be, so I'm going to go home, visit my mom and dad for a bit. I've been chopping at the bit to try Medellin in Colombia. I've also been dying. I'm super inspired by architecture, even though music is my pride and joy. And so Spain has also kind of been on my radar for a bit. So um, those are kind of the next two. It's, you know, it might take me a time to get to get over there. But fellas, again, appreciate you even uh, having me on and, and talking to me about music, all this stuff. I hope that, uh, you know, the Nomad folks listening out there too, this might give you a little bit of perspective in terms of your own adventures. If you do want to learn more, you can find me. I'm everywhere at Kia Orion. It's Kia like the car. So my, I got super cool hippie parents, shout out to them. So it's great for SEO. So Google Kia Orion to find it. And if you want to hear my, I have a, uh, my own podcast that I do pretty much at this point in solo episodes, kind of my take on life, different uh, business takeaways, things where I'm at with the music. And that's called creative contact with Kia Orion. So right. Google me and, and, and slide in the DM, email, whatever you want. We want to talk about beats, nomad, whatever I'm all ears. And then if you want to listen to podcasts, that's where you can find me. So fellas, honestly, thank you so much for having me. This is a, this was a pleasure. Yeah, the new nomad comes in so many different aspects. And as we awaken new new dimensions of our own existence, we've got to be willing to look outside our box, outside our experiences, and be alive. Yes. So these links are going to be in the show notes. Meet up with Kia, strike up some beats. Alan, back over to you. Thanks, so. Kia, every, there's an ad in the Philadelphia area, and I know you're a Philadelphia guy that they always say, see ya and a Kia. You know, I've been waiting the whole podcast to say that, but uh, all good. Really appreciated uh, having, I think people, online learning is a incredibly important thing and it keeps us growing. Andrew, a couple of things that I've learned today, you know, really is, is about taking action and, and being outside your comfort zone. I did appreciate his conversation that talent is overrated because I felt that, my talent has been overrated my whole career. I'm trying to keep up with your beats beginning of earlier in the podcast today. So I'll stop there and see what your last thoughts are for the day, uh, Andrew, and uh, get your feedback. I'm just wild about how you can learn to, to mix music from a distance. And your mentor, your teacher can teach you from wherever you are. And I'm intrigued by that because I know there's some wannabe um, mix masters out there. And I'm, I'm intrigued. You know, this is fascinating to me that he can travel the world, make his income, teaching people how to be more creative, providing the, the behind the scenes, the, the things and resell it even. It's there's so many ways that people are living this location independent lifestyle. Well, first off, I want to thank you for using the word wannabe in there it must be your Spice Girls reference for the day. Um, I appreciate that. 
All right. Well, that should conclude today's The New Nomad podcast. Uh, it's more than just a community of people, ideas, and spirit. We're trying to help people take advantage of that location, independent lifestyle. Please tune in again and uh, keep on traveling. We enjoy sharing our adventures. You can find us at thenewnomad.net or surenomads.com. Thanks again. See you down that road. Thanks for tuning in to The New Nomad podcast where we bring together an incredible community of people and ideas that embody the nomadic spirit. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review. For more amazing tips to help you take advantage of the cross-border lifestyle, please visit us at insurednomads.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.